Yeah, well, we're talking about five tens. We can go down that well, road if you, you want. want to. All right, let's derail real quick. Um, Fortune five tens. So um, I want to make sure that I represent this in in the right way. Um, Fortune is a fantastic company, and I am supremely happy to be working as directly with them as I am. Um, I took the coilovers off the car yesterday. They are going back to Fortune to be revalved. Um, the long and short of why is essentially that they are improving. It's really all positive things. They are improving their development methods for a lot of platforms, um, particularly since a very good friend of mine, Zach, who works there um, in R&D, is um, bringing better R&D techniques to what, what they do there and how they develop stuff. Um, so essentially, the biggest trouble that I was having, and uh, I guess, you know, what what I wanted out of the 510s when I went to them is that I was coming from Coney's uh, and, and Springs, which were fine, but with only rebound control, some of your compression behavior, especially... Yeah, 25-year-old tech. ...is bad. It, yeah, or more. Um, it's, not, it's not as good as it could be, I should say. Um, and so, especially for a car that I street drive 20,000, 25,000 miles a year, like I drive it a lot on the street, I do still want it to be good mm -hmm. like well behaved mm -hmm. i understand it's going to be a little tighter I, I get that i'm going for a suspension that's capable of going to the track and still being like pretty capable um but while it's not a dedicated track car i'm not going for bleeding edge performance so um what i was experiencing mostly on the street was that it just felt too tight like no matter how soft i turned them i had them like two clicks off a of full soft and it was still kind of bouncy, porpoisey, like, you know. Not enough shot control for yeah, the spring. quick suspension events. And they're not really high spring rates. I have 8K in the front, 4K in the rear. What's the motion ratio? The motion the ratio in the front, no. It's um. Well, the eight, motion, sorry, the, the ratio between um between your strut and your spring. Is it one-to-one -one Miata? It's all one yeah, coilover. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Okay, it's not divorce setup yes, like sorry, this. Yes, got it, yes, got it, yes. got it, got it, okay. I thought you were talking motion ratio wheel, between wheel rate yeah, and wheel spring rate. rate. And yeah, spring yeah, yeah. rate. yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, so uh, essentially what happened was uh, that was the behavior I was getting on the street. And what I found was when I ran at Road Atlanta on these in December, I was only getting to the kind of high mid-range of the uh, adjustment range. Mm -hmm. And Road Atlanta is a pretty darn smooth track. So I should be able to crank those almost to the top end of the range um, to kind of help with my slightly lower street-appropriate spring rates right. and make up for that um, on 200 treadwares at a smooth track. Um, and I was only getting to like mid-range, mid-high, where uh, when I turn it all the way down, it's still overdamped for the street this was at least my thinking because i'm not a suspension development guy and i don't know all the ins and outs it yeah. just that's my driving experience of the car so thankfully um zach being the stud that he is and fortune being the folks that they are i took it back up there thursday uh had him hop in the car and ride along with me he agreed um he then took out his laptop and plugged in the motion ratio as far as uh spring rate to wheel rate mm -hmm. you know from uh, shock to Actual wheel travel yep. um plugged in the corner weight numbers because i have numbers on the car from uh corner balancing it and 
uh, plugged in spring rates and all of that stuff, and then looked at the valving profile that they had been provided with, which is essentially just the valving profile that was developed for the ND before they had the techniques that they have now. Oh, interesting. So that's the old valving profile that was established what i don't know five six seven years ago yeah potentially maybe they revamped it once but this is just a time period where they're revisiting miatas overall as a platform to really make sure that they hats off for them for going through the effort and do it better yeah that's impressive and he plugged it all in and said aha yes we have confirmed that they are over damped for the street use and the spring rates and um so forth um Bounce frequencies are good. The spring rate split is correct for the car. Like all of that stuff is good. It's just the valving profile needs to change. So Zach would be the guy to talk to for this. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all wacky on corner weights. I've been talking to Devin a little bit. Devin's great too. He helped me with this one. Okay. Yeah, so I definitely want to use them because they're right down the road. It'd yeah. be silly not to. Yeah. Um, Devin and Zach work really well hand-in-hand. Hand. Zach is far more the numbers and engineering guy. Okay. And, and Devin is um, an incredible like customer service. Yes. And, and he's also very smart and, and knows. Yeah. Um, you know, th- those guys work hand-in-hand hand really well. Gotcha. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm honestly like the, the long and short of this is that I'm really excited to see how they turn out because my car is being treated somewhat as a development case, mm-hmm. um, because they're also a longer travel set of five tens than rally cross anytime too soon. No, just for, <laughs> just for better for track curbs. behavior. Yeah. For curbs. And, you're not trying to slam your car. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, more, more bump travel for curbs and more droop travel for, you know, a car that is set Launching up to, off of curbs. Sure. And, and that is also set up to, to body roll more naturally. I mean, the NDs really do a lot. Even if you watch the cup cars, I mean, their, their suspension setup, like it's allowed to body roll. You want, they've got the geometry, the right? Insides. So may as well let the suspension do the work that it's designed to do. Yeah. yeah if you're not affecting your camber too much or you're affecting your toe, a lot in the front with a lot of body roll. It should be. And there, I'd have to, I have forgotten a lot of what I've learned, but they, Mazda put a ton into the development of the camber and toe curves through the suspension travel. And so, yeah, it really is about like, let the suspension travel because they, it's double wishbone front. It's multi-link rear now mm, on the ND. Not double wishbone like the, uh, yeah, the previous. Like the previous generations wow. had been. Um, so the rear in particular is really fascinating the way that yeah. it manages all that stuff. But yeah, it is designed to actually move through the range and, and deliver the angles that you want. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, hopefully, uh, essentially they will, they should come back revalved. Uh, the other thing that he, he picked out, um, and mm, I don't know if I'm giving more like development stuff away, but I don't think so. I mean, it's just general suspension knowledge that that made sense to me that was interesting is uh, when they make a lot of their motorsport stuff, they default uh, going up from 14 millimeter shock shafts to 20 millimeter. But on a uh, non McPherson strut car, you don't really need the beefier shock shaft because it's not a structural member of the suspension. Mm-hmm. And with the larger shock shaft, you're displacing more fluid. You have more friction on the seals and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it can create some of that behavior, especially at um, 
lower speed but more severe events where you're trying to smooth that stuff yeah. out where there's more resistance to the shock shaft actually moving and so what he said was yeah if they were built with 20 millimeter shock shafts realistically the the smaller size is 14 it's not that much smaller it's still going to be plenty stout and in that car it, it shouldn't unless i put it in a yeah. wall in which case i have other problems it's not going to see forces that no. would create any problem with that so they're probably going to downsize i did measure them when i took them off they were built with 20 mil yeah. um, so they're going to downsize those to 14 mil shafts they're going to reset the valving and then what i should get is on the soft end of the damping range it's going to be way better behaved on the street and uh, bumpy tracks like uh, Shenandoah and places oh, yeah. like that where I can... <laughs> you will rally cross I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are rally cross uh, Steve. <laughs> and, um, and then I will just be pushing closer to the top end of the range on really smooth tracks like probably NJMP since they've repaved and wrote I cannot wait to check that out. And places like that. So yeah, I'm actually, I'm really stoked and and I'm excited, like I say, I'm excited to actually have my car being used as a development case for better motorsports oriented setups from Fortune Auto for the Mia. Are they asking you to take any other data except for just look at lap times and fuel? I'm just uh, curious. Are you not gonna, yet. It'd be really cool if, you know, they wanted to put, you know, potentiometers and oh, things like that. that. Yeah, I, think I would love that. Use you as a, a uh, case to gather as much data as possible. I mean, listen, if, if they're they listening offer, and they, they want to. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. That would be super cool. Or just um, send you with like three or four sets and you can just swap them out. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a pain in the ass. <laughs> a little bit. But yeah, at least right now, I mean, you know, uh, part of the long travel stuff was just getting the geometry of, um, you know, damper length and stroke and that kind of stuff like sorted out um, and the parts and pieces. So they pretty much figured out the packaging for it. And now it's just dialing in the valving to suit um, the, the common spring rates and stuff. And, and make sure yeah. that they're Do right. Do you know what the rough turnaround is going to be for that? Uh, like in I, terms of time? I told them that I would like to be back on track probably in mid to late March. I haven't picked out events yet, but that just is kind of the season when we start gearing back up usually. So, you know, it's early February here. I'm hoping in four to six weeks they can get them turned yeah. around and back to me. So, yeah, I took them off the car yesterday. Uh, I'll get them back over there probably tomorrow or, you know, early this week. And they can uh, hop on them, you know. I know their production schedule is backed up too. Yeah. But I think they want to get them back to me and make sure that they're right. And then, uh, yeah, uh, they're supposed to be revisiting all the generations of Miata, you know. In, yeah. In, um, that the, was one the chassis. Like, the they, they've always made coilovers for them, but I feel like maybe the the depth of support was not as deep as it could have been especially yeah. for such a popular platform you know for, what i mean for sure i agree and i think part of it uh, i don't want to speak for them i would assume part of it is competition uh, sure. there are a lot of brands and companies that are so miata specific you got 949 racing uh, super miata goodwin. you've got goodwin you've got flying miata you've got these you know these development houses who are so focused on that platform and fortune is catering to a much wider audience that they can't necessarily put that level of development into every chassis they support especially sure. if the demand is not there um from them but what i think is cool is that they're seeing like hey it would be worth throwing our hat in the ring as a comparable setup to the other options that are out there and potentially even better 
um, and really get kind of back into the mix because there's still plenty of Miatas out there and plenty of people tracking them. Well, that and, you know, I don't want necessarily, I don't know the market as well as they do, but I would imagine people are now in the last decade starting to realize how important suspension is. Right, ten years ago, Coney Yellows and Springs, right, was kind of the thing. Yeah, and, you know, that's there was what like I ran forever. Yeah, yep. it's still what was it's on the back. It's literally of this. what I put back on my Miata when I took <laughs> the fortunes off yesterday. Yeah, and so now that the market has kind of evolved, I would imagine they can start offering, you know, suspension uh, solutions for a little bit more uh, at a higher price point, which allows then for that development money to kind of open up a little bit. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. Yeah, for sure. And so. people are going to the track. I mean, there's just more was, people going yeah, to the, the track. Demand for track days has never been higher. And it's just going up and up and up. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. No. So that's that's the update on uh, my suspension. I'm excited to, you know, I, like I say, it performed admirably at Road Atlanta. I absolutely loved it. When it is turned up on a smooth track, it's very good already. And I think it's only going to improve by the changes they're ready to make. And it was it's really cool to me to see uh, essentially my butt dyno evaluation of what was going on in the car and the behavior it had confirmed mm. by the numbers and the science as soon as they were plugged in. That is real satisfying. Yeah, isn't it? it's just cool. So you're offering your services, Steve, to drive other people's cars to um, butt dyno the, the shocks. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> all, I like this. All, all I can tell you is whether it's comfortable <laughs> enough for me on the street or not. Yeah. I don't know. I'll let you drive really the Audi and tell you, you could tell me how bad everything is. <laughs> sure. Hey, listen, I'm not going to argue. It's so bad. Wh- uh, while you're mentioning the Audi, what kind of Audi is that? Paul? So my daily is a, um, it's a URS6 uh, 1995 Audi. So it's got the famous 2.2 liter 20 valve um, five cylinder. Group For people e. who don't know what that is, it's an S5 wagon. S, S, so it's a, yeah, S6, U, URS6. Sorry. So yes. I think somewhere around 94 or whatever, they changed the, from U, U, S4 to S6 or something like that. Right. I should know because I'm in one of these and the group is very tight, but I honestly don't know the full history. I just know I always wanted a five cylinder Audi with a turbo from that era and it sounds exactly like you would imagine a group b audi to sound what better one than a wagon (laughs) right potentially the coolest car layout of all time potentially um shooting brakes up there too yeah hatchbacks shooting but just anything with a long roof line and a slanted back yeah it's just cool and it's really good for the family um the only thing that i did not know when i bought it because i've got two kids one six-year-old one nine-month-old and it doesn't have car seat attachments like the yeah that the wasn't ISO. a thing until like two thousands yeah so it's you know got to use the seat belt and run through it boy if only stuff. you knew somebody who was a fab guy <laughs> I thought about it <laughs> but I was like you know would I am I gonna build anything better than like the factory seat belt and the factory seat belt mounts probably not so then a nineteen ninety five seatbelt mount maybe well now you're making me feel guilty about not doing that already <laughs> all right cut, this, dare cut this all out yeah, cut yeah. this all out like the kids in the back just flying around <laughs> maybe jordan's going to something here yeah, <laughs> it's fun fix this hey listen we survived the <laughs> 90s so that's my thinking as well yeah and they're not in it every day They'll but i do right. pick the daughter up from school and she calls it the boost car because i have to hit limiter every time i drive it <laughs> Because sounds Started so good, right? Young. Like, why would you not? Oh, um, only awesome. after I did the timing belt. I think the motor's worth more than the car, to be honest. But uh, it it's it's a good time. Yeah. It's a really good time. Super cool. It needs some paint work, um, but it's on RPF ones. Which funny story about the RPF ones? It they were in like Northern Virginia. The guy had them for sale. You know, five by one twelve. So it's a modern 
you know, Audi Volkswagen, same bolt pattern that's now on this car here. Um, and I go up there in the back of the, you know, they have cast in in the back under under the uh, the hub with the bolt pattern is, is of course. 5x114. And it said 5x114. And I told the guy, I was like, dude, I don't know if I can run these. So I did a little Google searching when, I'm, when I was there. He dropped the price. We negotiated. I still grabbed them and I was going to use wobble bolts. And then, so it did all this. And if you notice, it also has a big, big brake kit on. Yeah, from it has like, Porsche brakes on the has front. has a Porsche, right? yeah, the 17Z uh, kit on the front. And so by the time I threw the RPF ones on and everything else, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't get my brake kit to fit because I had done some adapting to go to 5x114. Come to find out, N-Key had misprinted. They were 5x112. Yes, they were 5x112. And my brother walks in, he's like, yeah, they ran like a production series for like three months with the wrong uh, casting left in the inside of the wheel. And I was like, are you kidding? So I literally pulled the adapters off and it bolted right on the car like normal. Oh my gosh. No wobble bolts needed or anything like that. So I don't, it's just funny story, Jesus. right? Just, wow. I was like out. kind of mad, like, ah, oh, these things were perfect. So the right offset, right width, you know, they're 18s well, wait, and they're RPF1s, right? But you talked them down on the price? Yeah. Well, Score. I mean, you still made out all right. Then. And I knew if they were 5 by 114s and I couldn't make them work, there was a huge market of people that would take them, sure. right? I mean, that's also it's true. It's like a yeah. very common and size. Toyota, everything, yeah. that's five lug. So I don't know how many 5x112s out there so. in that in that size, but yeah. I think 5x112 like, is kind of a uniquely German thing, isn't it? It's only Audi Volkswagen, so yeah. all the VAG stuff, yeah. Yeah, but there is, on the modern chassis, a huge aftermarket support for wheels and things, which was one of the big driving factors when going to a bigger front hub. Bigger front brakes naturally came with it. With like That's factory. That's the smallest GTI brake size you can get on the front of the Mark II because... Modern cars have huge brakes compared to stuff that was built in the, the mid-90s or late-80s. Um, and the same thing with the wheels, right? Huge amount of 17 inch by 17 by 8, 17 by 9. Whatever you need, it's going to be there. Yeah. Um, good luck getting 15s, but if you're going to go br- with br- brakes that big anyways, the, what's the point? You're going to have a 17 So what car. size are those ones on the, on the GTI? Uh, 17 by, I think they're 17 by 8.5 or 17 by 9. I don't recall. Uh, they're track lights. They're super, they are light. 235? It's a 235 it's a, rear and a 255 front. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, um, Motegi track lights. Beautiful mm-hmm. wheels, they look, by the way. They're great. Oh, I bought them used. Um, another guy six ran. spoke. Reminds me of the SSR competition. One yeah. of my favorite wheels of all time. Just a slim six spoke. It's a throwback oh. to like 15 years ago. <laughs> That's why I like them. <laughs> exactly. Because I'm old. Yeah. But the new, uh, you know, the more, more modern Audi and, and even BMW stuff, you know. It's all pretty good. I was actually thinking about BMW front hubs and suspension at one time just because, you know, again, bigger brakes, more modern stuff. Um, and the reason it's Audi and not Volkswagen, just I'm, I'm going to nerd out. The Audi TT stuff has a lower uh, position f- for the lower front ball joint. So it's it better. has roll center correction yeah, okay, for the yeah. factory. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how that works. What about the... Um Steering arm, like bump steer is better. To, is it also lowered the steering arm yeah. on the knuckle? Um, for, well, the steering rack for... is positioned in a custom place. Oh. Um, oh. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Fabrication guy over here. Yeah. it's. Yeah, he, we were talking best. about that last time I was over here about yeah. how much had to change to fit the K-Series in that car, which uh, is what yeah. kind of convinced me not to go K-Series. But, but, but I found a guy... <laughs> Uh, all, on, all great stories on start YouTube, with I found a guy on YouTube. Apparently, 
YouTube's algorithm is slipping because it never fed me this. I had to search it out. But there's a guy on YouTube who put a K24 in an FX16 and EG swap act. It it all bolt it. It's there's room. You don't have to dent anything. Oh no! Uh, he just had to make mounts on the rails. Uh, tons of room on the back for an exhaust manifold to go where it needs to go. Well, and yeah, he took the swap axles off the EG that he had in his shop for that was a K swap EG, and they just fit with the factory knuckles or uh-huh. the EG knuckles. No, or factory sp- knuckles. You have to same spline, same yeah. length, same. The only thing he had to do is the backside of the knuckle where like the axle slips in. He had to kind of wallow it out just a little bit to be a wider entrance into where mm-hmm. the wheel bearing is. And it just, that's it. Wow. Yeah. So I know. Well, the- yeah, because those have a weird steering rack position. It's like higher up on the, don't they? Not these. I swear that when I went to the junkyard with uh, Brian and Clayton, we were going to pull like, a rack uh, out of one and it's like. It's not like um, compared a, to um, like a Miata. It's like part way up the firewall. It's, isn't on, it? it's on the firewall, but yeah. it's not. It's not like on. Well, it's a, like a, not all the way down on the subframe, is what I mean. There is not really a subframe. Well, right. It's, well, Miata's front steer, the yeah. and front wheel drive cars are typically rear steer. So yeah. like your your steering rack's oh, on the front of the knuckles. But the, the well, in the ND, like, if you look sure. on a lot of yeah. newer I guess cars, the NA is too. Yeah, yeah, front steer's better. The steering rack is way up high and the actual steering knuckle is on the strut itself like way up high out of yeah spring, not not which that is real crazy. dumb but i just mean but as far as a swap the fact that it is back there yeah, yeah. but it, i guess it all it there's tons of space and that's the awesome. hood clearance was fine except for the power steering pump that's terrible in the best way so i thought about your scenario just like you did after you left here and i was like didn't mean to convince you not to do it. I just wanted you to understand there was a lot more than just yeah, the motor. Yeah. Um, but I thought about this car when I was working on it. I was like, you know, the thing that would make this thing really sweet is just a set of, you know, GX1000 carb, you know, not carbs, but ITBs, and just I, yeah. go for the noise. And then you still have the AW11. And if you, there's a couple guys on YouTube that have swapped AW11s by using EG mounts and the factory mount on an AW11, and a K series drops right in. And I was like, if I was going to put a K-Series in any of Jordan's cars, that would be, that would be cool, the except the best thing about that car is the factory supercharged engine. And you yes. can't put that in here? I could. Well, you sure dun, could, dun, dun, dun. actually, because our... That, blo- that blower has like 250,000 miles on it. Our but. buddy Clayton has just finished Supernova. putting a 4AGZE in his Chevy Nova his new same chassis built as this Chevy Nova that's the same chassis as the oh, you guys just blew my mind yeah. what <laughs> the, the, the 87 to like 89 Chevy Novas are really fat. they yeah. were built in a, a combined factory called Numi the new United Motor Manufacturing, manufacturing Industries something or something like it, was, it was a joint venture by Toyota and GM in the late in 80s, California early 90s. it's now the Tesla plant and so these cars were built alongside each other and a couple other models but the Chevy Nova in those years, which was a far cry from what Nova meant oh, in, the, in the 70s and stuff, yeah. was a little hatchback car like this. That it's carried a four-door. It's a longer car, yeah. but it's, it's the same chassis. Front suspension yep. and rear suspension? Mm-hmm. Wow. I- identical. And so he, uh, Clayton, who's a big Toyota guy, bought one of these Novas and just finished putting the supercharged uh, 4AGZE in it and calls it the Supernova, which is pretty That's rad. A, yeah, that is actually it's good. It's sick. I'm so yeah. excited for that. But yeah, K-, K series in this wouldn't I don't think would be as difficult as perhaps I I think So you still have to solve be. your hub problem and your brake problem. So if you can do those two uh, things. The other thing you could do 
that's kind of a hybrid approach, and it would still work with Honda stuff, is use the Honda EP3 front knuckles. Because that would bolt Those right on. Those do have the funky, like, super high mount steering rack. Does I think. it really? I'm pretty sure. Because they use those in the insights when they do K20 insight swaps, first in insights. Oh, um, maybe I'm. And the insight of does else. have a higher steering. Yeah, it's like way, way up high, and the the, uh, the uh, RSXs are the same way. Ah, uh, okay. well, there's only one solution then, right? Billet knuckles. Billet knuckles. Yeah, <laughs> it's only going to cost five thousand dollars. <laughs> For the first set, but then if you Who can sell them, buy them, if you can sell them, that's to why the, Fortune doesn't make coilovers for this. I had to, to make my own. Three other guys tracking these across the country to all convince them all <laughs> the case swap their combined. cars. <laughs> then they're only forty two hundred. <sighs> no, of course that's not no. a terribly viable and solution. Honestly, if it was just like a like a regular ass K twenty that makes like a, not the super desirable one, just like a plain Jane like yeah. K20 makes like 160 wheel like this was fine it'll be fine I have plenty of fun with 160 wheel in my yeah. Miata so so I don't know maybe yeah. down the line I endorse it so absolutely do it yeah I, my, the other thought is to build, start building another 4AG just on the side slowly and have like a high comp with cams motor. 20 valve or would there 16 valve just too, I would just yeah. do a 16 valve yeah. with with cams and higher compression pistons and make 150 wheel with that but then you're still iron block and it's i mean at this point you're it's kind of like that it's you're building it for the fun and whatever yeah. you like to play with yeah. more than like the actual performance yeah and the, the the most expensive part of the k series is is getting a good transmission i guess the five speed's not too bad i would do five speed for yeah. you know three four five hundred dollars yeah. maybe a little bit more but then i'm still putting an lsd and a transaxle either way if mm-hmm. i do it this or that so true and I the, don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Well, it's good to have options. And plus, you never know on Facebook Marketplace, people just need cash really quick and facts. drop stuff. Big facts. I saw a Frankenstein K24, K20. I think he wanted 1500 That's so cheap. I felt like it was pretty cheap for, you know, a high compression K24. Long with, block? <clears throat> no, it was fully dressed. Um, and so it had Type R cams in it. It had... Uh, it's in Virginia. Um, it had... Yeah, let me keep going. I can it see the wheels 50 turning. Degree, 50 degrees. He's uh, like, wheel. what can I sell right now to have $1,500 I can convince my wife? It's it already had the right fuel uh, oil pump in it. You know, the one the from RV. the A2. Yep. I actually have one of those. Just the oil pump? Yeah. So you already started. For reasons. <laughs> For warranty don't worry reasons? About, don't worry about it. I have one. Okay, I see. Oh, I acquired it by means. By means, yeah. What worries me on those is... Who knows who put that motor together? Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I would much rather have just a, a used, unmolested yep. factory Honda engine yep. and just. Yep. Intake yeah. to oil pan, fully sealed. Yeah. Never been touched. If you can find them, I think that's worth a little bit extra money too, if you can. Mm-hmm. The JDM place, right? That's. Uh, Are you about J Spec? J Spec Auto. Ugh. I won't. I'm not giving them my money. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was looking in just to get a K24 from those guys because the mileages are so much lower. I'll let they'll tell you the mileage is that much lower. Okay. Well, good to know. Maybe I won't now. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's probably still lower, but I don't know how well I don't know how well anyone can verify that stuff. Yeah. When it's being imported. I guess the right way would be look in the look inside and do a compression test mm-hmm. and all that fun stuff. Which you can do 
you know, with a motor that's sitting, on, you know, or, or, you know, just expect to take it apart and build it yourself like yeah, my buddy Kevin did, which is fine. Admit, you just, know? just commit to rebuilding it, which is not a bad idea. Yeah. And you can get um, people to rework the heads to make yeah. them really flow well. Or just buy something. a wrecked Civic SI off a of Copart. Yeah. And then part it out and make your money back. Just buy one that got blasted in the back. I almost did. I got one that, I almost bought one that had a tree fall on it. You could sell it dash, seats, all kinds of stuff out of there. Yeah. Headlights, front bumper, everything that came off of it that you don't need, fenders. I know the last couple of years, Copart's cars have gotten really expensive from folks just yeah you know kind of backlog of all the new cars that didn't get produced and you know people were buying and fixing junk like absolute junk that would be thrown away in 2019 but in 2021 all of a sudden it's worth something <laughs> um but i'm sure that that market's going to turn too but uh yeah it sounds like you know what to do now though it's uh, there's two equally opportune paths i just have to pick one yeah yeah. Well, the good news is if you collect all the K20 stuff and you decide not to do it, there's Sell a huge it. market for uh-huh. that. If you collect all the 4AG stuff, not you, a might, huge you can market. call Bob because no, Bob in Arkansas. Sell it to Clayton. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. We know the market for that. It's literally it's our friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Clayton's home for wayward Toyotas, as I call it. Yeah. So from that perspective, you might be safer. Just go K series. Yeah, just start slowly accumulating parts. Yeah. Find it. Find good deals and long as the, this thing's running. The fact that somebody else has done it and even checks some of those, hey, I researched this and I know what this needs and I know what this needs boxes is like the biggest like, steps toward accomplishing a swap in a, in a timely Even manner. if I get a set of like lightly used or not, like just a set of K, like EG K-swap axles and they don't fit as well as I hoped, like I could just resell them or take them to an axle shop and have them modified to fit. And there's so many different links of Honda axles. I mean, to me, the trick of that whole conversation is the axles. That was the thing that kind of blew up in my face on this swap, on the Audi stuff, because the axles that were 800 bucks, 2016 were $1,600. And they're 400 horse axles, but it was like apples apples comparison on rating and everything. Um, and they doubled and in the price. Le- and the lead time for anything from Drive Shaft Shop is absolutely insane. Yeah, it, it is. It's funny because the lead time is big when I ordered it. Then when they came in, they were wrong. So then I had to send them back and I got them in like three days. Isn't that funny? So I don't know if the lead time's bad because they're reworking a bunch of stuff. <laughs> or I'll tell you, I've had the, a I've had a drive shaft for a Mopar application on order for at least a month and it's not due in for at least two more months. So that that doesn't seem reasonable. That's how they are. If it's not in stock right now, that's the lead time. It's just months and months and months and months. So I had to wait six weeks for those and those are definitely not in stock now the cvs were but the, the actual the actual axle was not but you're saying this is a drive shaft so this is like from this the is, back of the trans this to is, the i think diff. it's a front drive shaft for an all-wheel drive mopar application i think it's a durango application oh i was gonna say a ram trx or no i think it's a durango uh it's either a durango hellcat or like a 5.7 durango something like that srt or whatever yeah and a and a typical drive shaft shop just can't make one. Customer just... wanted a front drive shaft, so we said okay. And drive shaft shop lists it, so we ordered it. Well, that's typical car people, right? Yeah. I mean, that's it's it's so funny. Like I was l- thinking about all the different cars that that car has inside of it. You know, outside of the stuff we've talked about about the modern Volkswagen, the modern Audi. I mean, there has a <clears throat> NA Miata front sway bar connected with E36 nice. M3 uh, sway bar in links. You have um, lots of options. 
you ever want to change the size? That, that's why I did it, right? Because yeah. it was like, it was like 3,800 different front sway bars for NA Miatas <laughs> exactly. out there. You want to go up one millimeter? We got you. You just yeah. got to buy it from Adco instead of flying Miata or Ibach or They're Racing so Beat or, yeah, <laughs> go down the list. Exactly. The front struts were from a Subaru. Um, they were custom. Um, yeah, very it's strange. like the strut housing? or the... Yeah, it's a BC. Okay. Uh, so the tube that had a specific measurement had to work with BC for like a month, like figuring out like the length and size and the top hat configuration and everything. Um, so there just happened to be Subaru at the end of the day. The the fuel pump and fuel pump assembly, I think, is going to come out of a Chevy 2500 truck because, you know, a K20 doesn't need that much fuel and a truck can do that. A truck fuel pump can do that. Why I not mean, just a Walbro or say something? Say Walbro makes fuel pumps. They do. But if you look at, like, two reasons. One, I'm going to fa- fabricate my own fuel cell in a custom shape, in a custom position. The, se- the, the second part of that conversation is that I want it to be internal. Like the the fuel tank, uh, sorry, the fuel pump submerged. Sure. So mm-hmm. the factory Chevy stuff already has like the uh, the baffled intake. That's true. And you can get an aluminum top hat because the fuel cell will be made out of aluminum. So the, the top hat section that mounts the Chevy part to the aluminum custom piece is like a $60 item from some custom fabricator in the middle of the country. So you can drop a Chevy fuel pump assembly. And then guess what? Chevy trucks... They have turbo Ellis's, they have 8.1's, they have sure. 5.3's, 4.8's, 6 liters. So you have a range of different fuel pumps that are just available in different sizes. Direct. I guess that's true. And they're all about 150 bucks. And all so right. a single fuel pump, you know, and that has like the filter. And, and it's it, like a whole basket assembly. Exactly. And so I can just effectively drop in something that's factory and not have to do all the custom. That's fair. That is stuff. probably the biggest argument for... Um, whatever uh, custom aftermarket applications uh for chevys well yeah Yeah. repurposing anything oem though is just like parts availability like here you go dies at the track (laughs) go down to it's the whole reason get it it's the whole reason that uh the billet front knuckles that i got for my mr2 repurpose uh nissan 370z Or Infinity G35 or G37 or whatever uh, front hubs. Which also yep. technically means you can probably run 350s too. It'll just be a less desirable bearing. Because I think the 370s are the same, just a bigger internal bearing. Yeah. That's what I understand too. Yeah. yeah. But it's just a four bolt, like literally. So then the, the billet knuckle just has a machined face and then a well for the, the back of the backside of the wheel bearing to sit into. Yep. And then it's just four bolts through from it's the back. Perfect. It's Beautiful. easy to find. They're really, they're 45 bucks or something yeah. from Rock Auto if you need to replace them. And it's incredibly serviceable. Absolutely. And it's way beefier than a second gen MR2 would need, except when you put sticky tires on them and throw a lot of G-forces at them. That's what these billet yeah. knuckles were developed for. Um, well, actually, you know, Champ Car people, you know, mm-hmm. Troy, Truglio, Team Biohazard. Yes, I knew of the car. Yeah, V6 swapped MR2. So fast. He developed these <laughs> these billet front knuckles yeah. for the car, and they yeah they use um, Lexus SC300 calipers. Yep. Um, actually, oh. he he machined the knuckle to take. I know I'm talking about something totally different, but it's kind of the same idea. Yeah, which is use your OEM, OEM engineering where possible. Yeah. The the knuckle has um, multiple potential spots. Caliper to mount brackets. Calipers. 
So the caliper bracket is its own little billet piece, but he had different ones made. So they just bolt mm-hmm. into the same place with two bolts from the backside of the knuckle. And then they have different, you know, mounting positions for the calipers. So you could go to a Willwood or you could go to the um, four piston floating SC400 calipers um, or the SC300 single piston, um, or sorry, I meant fixed before, the single piston floating caliper. Um, it's really cool. It uses 350Z um, sport brake rotors, which oh, sure, again sure. are cheap off a of Rock Auto. Every it uses the, the 370 or Infinity wheel bearing. It's just awesome that it's, it's modular racing. like that. And then yeah. it uses the stock MR2 uh, lower ball joint because it's a two bolt bolt on lower ball joint, like fully self contained. That's awesome. Yeah. Rad. Yeah. And he built in uh, geometry correction roll center correction and stuff into the knuckle because when you're developing it from scratch why not doesn't cost a penny exactly yeah and the other way i look at it is is again you know these oems spend a tremendous amount of time engineering something and to go through myself or trust someone else on a part that i bought for a lot of money to go through that amount of engineering and do it right sometimes that's where a lot of failures take place so i just allegedly yeah (laughs) <laughs> you mean like lower control arm failures? Allegedly, Steve. Yeah. Allegedly. Well, yeah. Right. That's that's actually a really good point. The lower control arm uh, failure that I had was from a third party company, as yeah. we talked about, right? That you know they have a really good product for the street, but as soon as you put any G's, apparently they they snap. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, so there's a multitude of things that I guess we could take away. So from that I don't know if we I don't know if I remembered to ask you, but what does it have now instead of that setup? Uh, let's see. It has for, my front, custom control arms. Okay. So now when they break, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> so you just built, there's still Heim joint mm, ends and stuff? Or? Different design, but yes. Oh, okay. So I did kind of replicate it from, I would say, the 90s, early 2000s uh, rally world in Europe. They have a lot of the same problems because they're very abusive. So just copied some stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. And nice. used like, you know, proper hardware. Yeah. Bigger stuff. It went it from half inch helps. to five eight. Yeah. In some places, five eight to three quarter. Uh, so big and not all heim, heim joint bearings are created equal. So if they cheap out on the bearings themselves, that can be a problem too. Yeah, which was funny. The second time it failed, I went through and replaced all the heim joints with like the most expensive heim joint I could find on McMaster to make sure that it was proper. And I did some other adjusting and try to protect the that that aspect of the design. And uh, they failed at an autocross like literally <laughs> right away. Jesus. Yeah. Oh. Chris Can was driving. It was funny. I was like, watched him, like, oh, he's driving pretty good. And then, like, the car's just sparking and flying across the parking lot. I'm like, well, at least, at least I can't freak out because I know exactly what that is, you know? <laughs> Seen <laughs> that literally before. Just, yeah, literally just did that. At least it's at lower speeds this time. Yeah. If you're going 75 at autocross here. Yeah. Flying. You are, uh, what's his name with the Mini Cooper? <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the yellow. Uh, yeah, Jets Mini on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure, His sure. name oh, is escaping me. It but, is... yeah, that crazy... Did you, uh, by the way, did you see that that car uh, has cracked cylinders? The f- motor finally gave up. We just pulled it apart and did a little inspection and found out that it, I mean, listen. I've heard those motors are extremely expensive. For the power well. level that that car was pushing for as long as it was and the abuse it took, though, like pretty solid, pretty yeah. solid reliability, honestly. I think that it's, they're, it's a pretty cool team, too. It's a husband and wife, kind of like Mindy and I, because she loves driving this Mark II. And that's another reason why I don't really necessarily want to go crazy with it, because she loves that NA feeling 
um, the you know the real the quickness of the K20, the revs of the K20, and everything else. Like, this I is keep... why a supercharger, uh, a positive displacement supercharger, is your friend because or it's, even a procharger it's style yeah. flat torque delivery. Yeah, and she, she drove the Miracore for a while and just immediately. Re- this is actually why we have her E36M now because she drove the Miracore and I decided I needed more power, so I'm going to buy a, a turbo. And of course, the turbo I bought was massive and cheap and technology from i don't know probably the 60s <laughs> and the lag was horrendous oh so it was a whole set diesel turbo <laughs> yeah or? you would have thought with the way it revved um and so it, it had a power band between 4000 and 5500 or 6000 or whatever i decided to rev it to on mega squirt and uh at autocross it was terrible like uh what you know it just it would just fly off and spin the tires and yeah so long story short not playing that game again yeah yeah, no, that's fair. And that's not fair. All turbos are not like that. I mean, uh, of course. Yeah, it's it mis- <laughs> misappropriation yeah, of yeah, yeah. the application, but like, still. The Audi is just as bad, and I would never change it. If that's I found a personality of the car. Exactly. Though. Like, if you have a five cylinder Audi that sounds like a Group B rally car, then you have to have the turbo lag. <laughs> it just. It just the it way it works. We'll do whatever you can to Com- make that turbo comes on louder. like a yeah. wall at four thousand. Exactly. Hands. Yep. And it, and but it, it puts a huge smile on your face every yeah. time. I bet. And from four thousand to seventy two hundred, it's yeah, see, very very quick. <laughs> yeah. All right, Paul. Where can humans find you on the internet? Uh, my last name WP. So Inskip WP at uh, Instagram on Instagram, or just search my name on YouTube. I, I don't have any clever. Two N's, right? I N N S. Nope. One N. No, one N. Two I N S E E K E E P. So it's in in skip. It's in skip if you read it, and in skip if you pronounce it. So I've been saying sure. it wrong this whole time. Huh. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like a fool. In skip sounds like. But uh, yeah, there's some stuff out there, some cool stuff. So yeah, you guys definitely check out the YouTube board. channel. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, uh, very cool stuff. On I have some customer projects. That guys coming here now to throw a cat back exhaust on his Velocitor, uh, his uh, Elantra in. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. it's gonna be sweet. So, cool. if you guys need anything done out there, hit me up. I have a lift in my garage, but when it comes to fab work, there you go. That's the fun part. Yeah. yeah. Don't make me do brake jobs. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I won't. If there's yeah. not a welder involved, I don't want to do yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, if I don't go home smelling like smoke, cool. it's not it's not for me. <laughs> uh, uh, where yeah, can people sure. find you, Steve? Uh, as ever, I am at I am understeer, or you can go to our website, barrenbackfire.com and click on our sponsor. It's got some nice purple hearts <laughs> next to it. It'll take you right to me. What uh, about you, Jordan? I'm at the Daily Downshift on Instagram and YouTube, and I have a blog. It's the Daily Downshift at blogs or dot blogspot.com. That's where you can find all the like detailed build stuff. Um, that's about it. I believe that's correct. Let's, uh, let's load this Corolla up and get out of here. Sounds good. Talk to you guys later. Thanks.